about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, are you ready tonight? You'll be able to find it. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for deeper revelation into your kingdom, into our purpose and your plan for our life. I thank you, Father, for opening our eyes up to who we really are in Christ Jesus. We receive all the privileges and all the gifts that he's given to each and every one of us. We thank you for what your son has done for each and every one of us, that we could be born again in your kingdom and be sons and daughters of the living God. We thank you for tonight, and we give you praise for what your spirit's going to reveal to us tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. All right, Genesis chapter 1. Look at verse 26, very familiar. It says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now, how many of you are the species of man? So what I do with a lot of times with this stuff, I put me in there. And God said, let us make Tom in our image and our likeness and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God made man in his image in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. This basically here shows that each and every person who's here tonight, you're not here by mistake. God, even before you were in your mother's womb, already had a plan for you, already had something for you to do. He's putting you here in this day and this hour. Some people say, I'm born in the wrong time. You're not born in the wrong time. You were born in the right time. God knows what he's doing. So basically, you have an assignment to fulfill. Say, I have an assignment to fulfill. A lot of times, you know, you're put here to solve different problems, different things that come up in your life. So I just want you to get the magnitude of how special God is and how one-on-one -on -one he is because each and every one of us here, we're born for this day, for this hour, to be in this place doing what we're supposed to be doing, praise God. So basically our place on this planet, according to his assignment, is what it says here, basically to have dominion on the earth. Say dominion on the earth. So God had a purpose from the very beginning. Man was a big part of his purpose, which means you were a very big part of his purpose. And because of that, this makes you critical in his plan, in his purpose, and in his dreams with God. God's purpose, once again, was the same as it's always been. It will never change. That is for us to exercise dominion and authority over the earth realm under a sovereign king by the name of God himself. And this has never changed. The only thing that has changed, how many of you know when man sinned, God didn't change? The earth didn't change. His plan didn't change. The only thing that changed was us. Mankind changed at that time. At that time, man lost his position in the fall. And at that time, we were changed. Adam and Eve allowed Satan to usurp the throne of God intended for us to occupy. Man was demoted to the stat. stat. Did you ever think what would happen if he never did that? Never crossed your mind. What if Adam would have never did that? What if Eve would have never did that? I mean... Would everything just be peachy keen our whole lives and we wouldn't have any issues or plans or whatever? I think, I think basically, in my opinion, say my opinion. my opinion. This is not thus saith the Lord. This is us saith Pastor Tom. I believe that it had to happen that way in order for people to have a choice to love him and serve him. Because if there would have been no temptation not to, if there had been no sin in the world, if there had been nothing, everybody would have just naturally, you know what I mean, followed him. But since that happened, now, you, now you've got to decide whether you want to be in the kingdom of God or not. You've got to decide whether you want to be a son and daughter of God. And you've got to decide whether to love God or not love God. I mean, no, God never did want robots. He wants sons and daughters and people. So I think that was part of the plan that he saw even, even in the very beginning. So we are put here right now, and it, God's purpose has never changed. The only thing that's changed is we have changed, and that's because of what Adam did when he sinned, basically, and took us from our position. So whatever happens in our life after you're being born, and you were born in the image and likeness of Satan, really, with his nature on the inside, nothing you could ever do could help you from the position Adam put you in. You can do enough good works. You can go to church enough. You can be nice enough. Nothing was going to help except Jesus Christ coming as our Lord and Savior to save us and redeem us so we could enter the kingdom of God. All right, go to Genesis chapter 3.
Here in verse 15, basically, God is prophesying, and he says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So as soon as man fell, basically, and they, they fell and were underneath Satan, at that time, God did not give up on us. Basically, he, he prophesied about a seed coming who would come into the earth who could deliver us and get us back into our regular position again. Here he's talking about that seed. Who is that seed? It's Jesus, isn't it? So once again, prophesied it. He put it in the words. Why? So the people would believe it so that he could come into the world. I mean, no, that's faith. What you've got to understand, God has said a lot of things, but they'll never happen in the earth unless man believes what God has said. God just can't do them. If he could, then he wouldn't need us. He would just do whatever he wanted to do. So it had to be believed. So right off the bat in Genesis 3, he says what's going to happen. There's a seed coming who's going to die, basically. And when he dies on the cross, he's going to take our sins. He's going to take our weaknesses. He's going to take our sicknesses. He's going to go as our substitute. When he dies, it's going to give us an opportunity to enter the kingdom of God once again. And when we enter the kingdom of God, the exciting thing is we are restored immediately to who Adam and Eve were at the beginning. Say restored. A lot of people don't understand restored. I mean, some people restore furniture. I never would, never even try, don't even care. But basically restoring furniture is taking furniture that got old and restoring it back to its original place. So everybody thinks restoration for the church and for people who are born again is that they're going to go to heaven. But that can't be restoration because we never came from heaven, so we can't be restored to a place that we were never in to begin with. So restoration is basically back to who we originally were, with the authority, with the power, with the, with the glory of God in our lives so that we could be restored back to what we just read earlier in Genesis chapter 1, that we are made in the image and likeness of God himself. And, and a lot of people, even in this earth realm, because of wrong teaching and wrong thinking, we don't think we have any value. We're just another one of God's people down here, his slaves, his servant, just trying to get by, trying to make God happy. But notice, God would never pay more for something than what it's worth. I love that, man. What did he pay for me? Jesus on the cross. That makes me feel valuable. It makes me feel like I'm important, you know? I mean, if he'd have thrown an old goat on there with herpes and everything else and died for me, where would I be? I would say, oh, God, he don't really like me very much. This ain't good. No. He sent Jesus to the cross in payment. He's not going to overpay for anything. So that tells me there's value in my life. There's value in God's eyes. There's values of things that God wants me to do. So Jesus' purpose was twofold. He first of all, and first of all, he came and said, the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, it's near. It's coming back again the second time. And also he gave us an opportunity to get in the kingdom. He paid the price so that we could then enter back into the kingdom of God. So God's plan basically is to get heaven into earth, not to get us into heaven. The whole church teaches that you've gone to heaven. You've got to get to heaven. Heaven's the answer. But God isn't that interested in us going to heaven. He's interested in getting heaven into us. Glory to God. Why is that? Because we have purpose. We have a plan down here. Each and every one of us have one. So basically, we didn't have to go looking for God. God came to find each and every one of us. And it's not so that we could have a relationship through him through religion. How many of you had a relationship through religion at one time? You know, I want to church I felt pretty good I thought me and God were right there and I went out and drank four nights in a row and I didn't feel like we had a real good relationship there but thank God Sunday morning came and I went to church for an hour and I did my duty praise God and I felt good come on am I the only one no you're all the same praise God we thought we were really doing something wonderful but God doesn't want rituals he doesn't want traditions he wants a relationship with each and every one of us and that's how you're going to discover basically your purpose and his plan for your life and your purpose and plan may not line up with anybody else's it may not line up with a status quo. You know, the church over centuries and centuries have spoken about what people are supposed to be like, how you're supposed to do this, how you're supposed to do that. It was funny when we were on the radio on Monday, one thing that the guy asked us was, uh, you know, he talked to me a little bit, then he looked, of course, at Becky, and he said, and what's your purpose in the church, Becky? What do you do there? What, what your call, your ministry there? You know, what was he looking for? Well, well, she probably plays the organ. Come on, pastor's wife, she probably sings. She probably does something, passes out pamphlets or does this or that. And she just said, well, I just intercede, you know, and I'm at the church and I help people and I talk to people. And I just looked at him and I said, how about if she just is a good wife? How about, how about that? You know, I'd rather have a good wife who doesn't sing. Come on. Then one playing the organ shouting hallelujah and going home and kicking me in the head all the time. Come on now. But we've had this pattern, haven't we, that every pastor's wife has to do this or have to do that. They have to be, no, no, you just got to be who you're supposed to be, praise God. And how about just being a good wife? There's a lot of pastors who don't even have that. Yeah. Glory to God. So don't get caught up in the different things that are going on in the different way that the church has done it over years and years. Because God's just about to do some shaking. 
All right, go to Matthew 24. Can't go there. We'll never get back to the kingdom if we go there. Matthew chapter 24. Now, this is a time basically when the disciples came to Jesus and said, when's the end going to happen? What's the final thing? What's going to happen? And of course, Jesus said, wars, rumors of wars are the beginning and all these things are going to happen. But in verse 14, he gives the answer to their questions. He says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then, say then, yeah. notice, then shall the end come. So he did answer their question, didn't he? He said, that's what's going to be the end. When this gospel is preached all over to every nation, then the end will come. So if we are here basically to extend the kingdom of God and preach the kingdom of God, the reason why the kingdom of God hasn't come yet is because the church hasn't done their you see? And too many of us are trying to figure out the day and the hour, and we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. You know, every time something happens, you know, it's going to end now. Look what's going on in the Middle East. Y2K was the end. Everything's the end that's coming along. But notice the end's going to be when we do our job, and what we're supposed to do is get this gospel into all the world and every nation. How many know the gospel of the kingdom hasn't got there yet? How many know the gospel of the kingdom hasn't gotten many churches? But it needs to get in there, don't it? Because that's what needs to be preached all over. And Jesus' first public declaration that he ever spoke was what? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He said the kingdom of God is here. Not only is it here, but there's going to be an invasion of the kingdom into the earth realm. In other words, I have opened the door to allow everything that the kingdom has up there to come back into the earth through mankind who I created to do the job that I put them here to do. I always like that one scripture that says... And it's translated in one translation. It says, an invasion of the Spirit is eminent. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. An invasion of the Spirit is eminent. In other words, there's an invasion going on right now, but the only people who know about it are those who are in the kingdom of God who have the Spirit doing the evading through the inside of them on the inside. Whether you know it or not, you're undercover tonight. Some of your family members don't know who you really are. Some of your work people don't know who you really are. Some of the people you run around with, they don't know. On the inside of you, there's an explosion of the kingdom of God that's going to invade their life little by little. It's going to get in there. They're going to see your example. They're going to see the way you talk. They're going to see the way you operate. And all of a sudden, they're going to say, something's the matter with you. And then how many know you can tell them what's the matter with you? And hopefully, they'll like what's the matter with you, so it gets the matter with them. Because that's what we're here to do. We're going to spread the kingdom of God, praise God. So Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand. He came and basically said, stop ignoring the kingdom that's coming. Stop denying the kingdom. Acknowledge the kingdom and embrace its arrival here in the earth realm. Say, I'm a part of the kingdom of God. All right, go to Matthew chapter 10. All right, these, these scriptures here talk about why we're here, what Jesus did, what he wants us to do, his will. Matthew chapter 10, look at verse 7. And as I go, I should preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I should then pray long and softly for the sick. No, I should what? Heal, Heal the sick. I should pray for all the lepers and hope something happens. No, I should cleanse the lepers. I should raise the dead. I should cast out devils. Freely I have received and freely give. Now, we've been talking on Sundays a little bit about the righteousness of God in Christ. Until you know you're righteous, you'll never really freely receive. And if you don't freely receive, you'll never freely give. That's why if you haven't received righteousness and you haven't received health and you haven't received these things, it's very hard to give something that you haven't received. In other words, if you think you earned it, then you'll tell other people how to earn it and now they won't get it freely and you won't get it freely because neither one of you have it freely to begin with. But here he says, freely you have received and freely you shall give. All right, go to Matthew chapter 28. Look at verse 18. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them. Now what am I supposed to teach all nations? kingdom of God, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of what? The world. So here he, here's what he tells us to do. Number one, we're going to preach the gospel of the kingdom. That's what we're here to do. Number two, we are then going to teach disciples and make disciples of the kingdom. 
Notice, not disciples of a denomination, not disciples of a pastor, but a disciples of the kingdom of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then it goes on to say, and you will invade with power. Say with power. And that's why the Bible says, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive and you shall be witnesses. See, you can receive power, never be a witness if you don't believe you have the power. There's never going to be a witness of the power of the kingdom of God. But that's why he put them into both things. You're not to go witnessing. You are to be a witness with the power of God. So basically, why the church? Why are we here? Well, churches basically are training grounds for people in the kingdom of God to learn about their rights, to learn about what God has done for them, and basically they're to grow you up into a place to receive freely so that you can give freely. That's what churches really are. They're not social clubs, although they are social. Are you listening? And they're not just places to come and eat. They're not just places to fellowship, although fellowship is important. But the main thing is basically they are kingdom churches who are teaching people how to live and act in the kingdom of God and basically be what God has already called them to be. Now, we've had a little problem because a lot of Christian churches basically are not preaching the kingdom of God at all at this time. They're preaching a lot of other messages, which are good. But until you preach the kingdom of God, you have not preached the entirety of it because the kingdom of God includes everything. See, I studied healing for a long time. I studied that, thought I had it, thought I got a revelation. So then I studied faith. And by the time I figured out faith, I forgot about healing. So I had to go back to healing and study healing. Then I had to study peace. And then I forgot joy. And then I forgot. And before long, I got all these things everywhere. And I'm trying to keep up with the revelation of all of them. But the kingdom includes all these things. We're not here just to go to heaven, praise God. Heaven was a byproduct of you coming into the kingdom of God. It's yours, praise God. It comes to you. Peace belongs to you. Righteousness belongs to you. Health belongs to you. The power of God belongs to you. It's free because it came to you when you got born again into the kingdom of God. Why? Because God restored us through Jesus Christ back to the original purpose that Adam and Eve. How many know Adam and Eve never really freaked out when they got close to God until they sinned? The Bible says they were walking in the cool of the day. What's up, God? What's up, Adam? How you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. And then they sinned and what happened? They hid in the bushes. Well, a lot of people are hiding in the bushes yet who've been born again, not understanding that that bush has been taken care of. Come on, we got a lot of fig leaf Christians. So trying to cover themselves with something. You can't cover yourself with anything. The Lord Jesus Christ has already done everything that you'll ever need done, praise God. And he did it on the cross, and its entirety is already there. So the proof of us not having Jesus come back yet is proof that after 2,000 years, the church has not done what the church is supposed to be doing. Because when they preach the gospel to every nation, Jesus is going to... Come back. So we're still working on that. So Jesus will return after the gospel of the kingdom has been preached to all nations. Currently, if you, if you ever do any studies or look in papers or anything, the world population exceeds right now over 6 billion people. China alone has over 1 billion people, and 1% of them are believers. I mean, no, we got a long way to go. 98% of the people who are in India basically are either Hindu, Muslim, or Buddhist. How many know the kingdom of God has to get into those places along with the United States until Jesus is going to come back? And these people, I believe with my heart, are looking for an answer. They, they've tried that. They've tried singing to a dead God. It didn't do anything. They tried praying to somebody who isn't real, and it didn't work out. They're all looking for something because every human being, when Adam lost the authority and dominion on the inside, left a void on the inside of each and every one of us. And everybody's going to fill that void with something. If it's not the kingdom of God, then it's alcohol. If it's not alcohol, it's drugs. If it's not drugs, it's sex. If it's not sex, it's something out there, and you think you're filling with it. For me, it was alcohol. I tried to fill the void with it. How many know for a little while I was pretty happy about it? But then when it wore off, I wasn't feeling that good after that. And then I would go back and do it again thinking I was doing something. But notice, when that void is full, all the things that have been bothering you over the years will drop off of your life. Because when you find the real thing, all the fake things go by the wayside. But as long as you're searching for something other than the Lord Jesus Christ and your position in the kingdom of God, you're going to continue to seek something other than the kingdom of God. And none of that is going to give you any satisfaction whatsoever. So we don't want to get caught up in, in the end times. We don't want to get caught up in a certain date. I always hear dates when it's going to happen. Somebody told me Sunday. Somebody's prophesying about a date next April when everything's going to go. Well, then we got a lot of work to do between now and April. And there better be an explosion of the kingdom of God in people's lives if it's coming April. Yeah, I hope it does, but we got a lot of work to do before it gets there. I guarantee it. All right, go to John chapter 3. That'd be beyond revival.
Okay, John chapter 3, look at verse 1. It says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher that has come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now, what did he recognize about Jesus different than every religious leader there? Basically, the power in his life to do miracles, signs, and wonders. That's what attracted him there, and apparently he wasn't doing any. Verse 3, And Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I have said unto you, you must be born again. Now, the church teaches on being born again, which is important. How many know that's important? But they make it one of their main doctrines of teaching. Notice, Jesus spoke about being born again one time in four Gospels. One time, and this is the only time he did. And he was not teaching on being born again. He was teaching about what would give you the entrance into the kingdom. So the kingdom is the main thing here, not being born again. He said, if you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God until you get born again. Why is that? Because you're spiritually dead on the inside. You can't get revelation. You can't hear God. Once you're born again, everything changes. How many know there's some changes when you got born again? All at once you were hungry for a word of God that you could have cared less about. All at once the stories you knew as an unbeliever started making sense as a believer to you. You started getting revelation of the things. So here it says you must be born again. So Jesus very elders hardly ever talked about born again, ever really talked about healing, never really talked about all that stuff. He demonstrated it, and they saw it happen, but Jesus basically taught about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God. Now, the church today, basically, what it teaches about mostly is get saved, go to heaven. Are you saved? Good, you're going to heaven. Heck with you. Are you saved? Yeah, you're good. We're going to heck with you. How many did you get saved tonight? 200. How many are you discipling? None, but I got 200 saved. Check my blackboard. I'm up to 4,452. Yeah, well, there, how, many, how many think we ought to bring babies into the world and just say, hey, we had a baby. Put it over there in the bassinet. It'll be fine. It'll work its way out. No, no. They're spiritual babies when they get born again, and we're lacking in the discipleship area of being born again. And it's got to be changed. We've got to get to a place where people understand that they have a purpose while they're here. You are here for a purpose. All they taught is you get to heaven. You're going to get to heaven. Do your best so you get to heaven. Quit sinning so you get to heaven. Well, the only purpose that I had in my life after I got born again was to get to heaven. And according to what everybody told me, I was born again, so I was going to heaven. And if I was going to heaven and my purpose was to get to heaven, I didn't have a purpose because my purpose had already been fulfilled. So what do I do? I just walk around down here. And everybody says, Lord Jesus, come quickly. So I'm like, Lord Jesus, come quickly. You know, we start singing songs about heaven. Fly away, oh, fly away. Why? Because nobody ever taught me that I was here for a purpose, that God knew who I was before I was even put in my mother's womb, and there was a purpose for me being here in this time, in this place, and in this hour, praise God. And that is, once again, to raise up the body of Christ and to preach the kingdom of God to peoples, praise God, so that they know what's going on and what's happening. So heaven isn't the main thing. Born again is the main thing. The kingdom of God is the main thing. And until we start preaching it, which is the call of the church, we're not going to see Jesus come back until it's preached to how many nations? All the nations. And the kingdom of God is good news because it restored us back spiritually, restored us back into a place of originality where we now have dominion. You have dominion tonight. You have authority tonight. You have power tonight. You got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead tonight. You no longer got to be sick anymore. You no longer got to be depressed anymore. You no longer got to be down and out anymore. How many know that's good news? Amen. Especially to somebody who's depressed. Amen. That's good news to them. But that's what the good news is the kingdom is all about. And the best part about it, you didn't do anything Except, okay, Jesus, you did it, I'll take it. Praise God. Thank you very much. And move on, because he provided everything for us. And the, the hard part in the, what we're dealing with right now is in our dispensation, we have to receive everything by faith. Are you following? You go back and you read the book of Acts, and you'll find out the disciples didn't have to do that. See? They said, him who I touched, him who I walked with, him who I saw do miracles, him I'm relaying to you. Well, how much faith did it take to believe that Jesus was alive when you were walking with them, you can look at the day of Pentecost. They heard the sound of a rushing wind. They saw 
people speaking in tongues. See, everything that they did was still from sense knowledge that the Old Testament people lived by, and we're in a dispensation, we're in a faith. In other words, you've got to believe in Jesus even though you didn't see him. How many of you have seen him? How many of you saw him, walked with him, and touched him? And did? No, none of that stuff. So we're a faith generation, which is good because if they were having all those victories in sense knowledge faith, then we have the real life faith. Come on now. It's a greater faith. It's believing God based on his word and not on having to see, feel, touch, or anything else. So we're in a, we're in a greater faith than even the church. I want to go back to the early church. I don't. I want to go beyond the early church. I don't have to see him, touch him, feel him. I don't want to have to see the fire come down on somebody's head to know they got the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Well, there it is. They got the Holy Ghost. And I know we're excited about that, aren't we? We're excited to see that. But I tell you, I've prayed by over people who got hit, blasted, knocked down, shook 42 times and left the way that they came. And I've laid hands on people that looked at me like I was stupid and walked out the door and got hit by the power of God. So you can't tell by what you see, but we want to go by what we see and what we feel. and what. That's why people love revival. Because something's happening out here and they can actually believe Jesus is there that day. And the Holy Spirit's moving that day. Holy Spirit's moving whether you... Yeah. Moving right now, praise God. Make any difference. He'll move right in your life if you let him right now and believe he's there. So we want to operate by faith, don't we? We don't have to feel good to believe we're healed because we're healed. See, but it's hard to pull out of that sense knowledge, and a lot of times we don't understand the disciples went through the same thing that we did. They were all doing sense knowledge things, basically. They only believed because they saw and because they walked with Jesus and because they did those things. All right, go to Galatians chapter 4. It's like nine sermons in one tonight. All right, Galatians chapter 4. Look at verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of sons. And because you are sons of God, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, you are no more a servant or a slave. You are a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ. So here, basically, it's talking about what happened to us. Uh, Jesus came to redeem us or restore us back to the original plan and the original purpose and our original position that we had at one time. After Adam and Eve fell at that time, everybody disobeyed. Everybody lived in sin. You know, before I got saved, I did not have to have someone teach me how to sin. I was very good at it with no teaching whatsoever because the nature on the inside of me was a sin nature and a sinner's gonna sin. So now when you get born again, you are the righteousness of God in Christ and a righteous person is gonna do righteous things. Are you listening? Unless they still think they're a sinner. Then they're gonna be a righteous person who sins and they're gonna feel worse than they did than when they were a sinner because when they sinned, they really didn't have a conscience anyway, but now they're somebody else and acting as someone else. Are you following me? That's why you can deal in guilt and condemnation if you don't renew your mind to the word of God of who you are because once you believe that you're righteous, you'll start acting like a righteous person. Once you believe you're healed, you'll start acting like a healed person. Once you believe you've been raised and seated in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, you'll live that way. You'll walk that day. Once you believe you can heal the sick, I can heal the sick. I cast out devils. And it's not because of anything you did. You've got power in your life. You've got authority in your life that was God given to you. Notice the disciples did what we're supposed to be doing and they weren't even born again. Jesus said, go do it. Take, take a little bit of my authority and do it. And they came back and said, my God, even the devils are subject to us. We're talking to everything and everything's moving. And they weren't even born again. They weren't even spirit filled. But yet they obeyed God and believed God from what he said. So what do I have to do? I have to believe God. God has given me authority. He's given me power. He's given me the anointing of God. And not just for church. This isn't a churchy thing. The gifts aren't even a churchy thing. None of this stuff is a churchy thing. Churchy things should grow you up so you believe you've got the churchy thing to take the churchy thing out and do other things. That's what it's for, to reveal it to you, praise God. So here he says, basically, we've become sons and daughters of God. Say, I'm a son and daughter of God. 
So the good news is that he has restored us back to the original place, true restoration. He's brought us back into the place that Adam and Eve were to the very beginning, praise God, where they walked in fellowship with God. They were ruling over everything. They were, they were commanding things that was working. They were walking together in love, and that's where he has stored us back to. And basically on the inside of us, if we have God's nature, we have the love nature. So as soon as you believe you're a lover, you'll start. They, Lord, give me more love. He can't give you any more love. He can't give you any more righteousness. He can't give you any more health. You, you don't grow in those things. Basically, you, you grow in the knowledge of those things. See, the more you know them, the more you'll walk in them. You, how can you get any more righteous when Jesus already provided it and it's his righteousness? You'd have to go above his righteousness, which is impossible to do. So everything that we've got, we've got, but now we're growing in the knowledge of those things. That's why Paul prayed that we get the knowledge of his will in spiritual understanding. Notice he never prayed that the church would be healed, the church would be blessed, the church would be anointed, because they were all those things. They just didn't know they were all those things, and he was praying so they'd believe all those things and be all those things. Are you following me? But we don't pray that way, do we? We pray, oh, Lord, please help the church. Please, please send your Holy Ghost. Please do this. And all that stuff's already been done, so it doesn't work because we're a faith people. Say, I'm a faith people. Amen. Glory to God. So most of us basically been taught about heaven and the by and by. And what that does, too, it puts off everything into the future. The devil loves to put off everything in your life into the future. You'll be righteous. Just two more Sundays in church, and you'll be there. And you'll wait two more, and you'll wait for this. And that's where revival has hurt the church, in my opinion, in a long way, because we're all waiting for the big end-time revival and not doing anything until the end-time revival comes. Well, what if it doesn't come in your lifetime? Then you went 60 years doing absolutely waiting on revival. But no, revival's going on today. It's in our hearts today. You had an opportunity today. You ran into somebody who needed revival today, who needed the breath of God, who needed to know that God loves them, who needed to know that God cared for them. So that's what we're here to do. We're here to bring other people. And we've got good news. How many of you know that? I, I mean, if you've got a stock that you know is going to go from 10 cents to $400 and you've got good news, and, and you'd be excited and you tell people about it. But we got more than that, and we're, we don't tell anybody anything. Like we want to keep it all to ourselves. And No, no. People out there need it. My God, they're begging for it right now. The world is a disaster, which is great. Because the Bible says, when gross darkness covers the earth, the glory of the Lord shall rise upon his people, praise God. The darker it gets, the better for us. The uglier it gets, the better we look, praise God. So it's a good time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, and it helps back when I, was, when, when I got born in the kingdom of God, because if I'm gone and I couldn't afford this or couldn't do that, couldn't do that, couldn't do this, couldn't do that, I, I always look towards heaven. You know, well, when heaven comes, my bills will be paid. When heaven comes, this will take place. When heaven comes, and when I die, everything will be all right. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more sorrow, which is the truth. How many of you know that? But you don't have to have pain and sorrow and all that stuff now if you've entered the kingdom of God. Because kingdom living isn't when you get to heaven. Kingdom living is on your way to heaven, basically. So we're walking in the those things right now it kept postponing everything in my life it says religion postpones the kingdom and doesn't even enter in itself because it doesn't everything's out in front of us there's better days ahead we'll have a good day today and just stay in it Amen. see everything's out in front of us well you'll be a great healer after you take two more classes no heal somebody today praise God put your hand on them and do it but all these things we put off in the future when I do this when I do that no today is the day of salvation for most people praise God and we've got to act on things basically today and there's nothing that stirs you up more on the inside when you release some of God into somebody else I'm telling you what when you see their eyeballs light up praise God and things come I was talking to Becky when we were on the radio the other day and the guy who was interviewing as I talked I said did you see it she said yeah his eyes just start going and you can see him you know and his eyeballs start lighting up and that's right, that's right, that's right. What, what was it doing? The truth was coming in, you see, and, and the Bible says you'll witness to the truth. In other words, when somebody gives you the truth, it's like your spirit starts doing backflips on the inside. Woohoo! That's it. I don't understand it. It don't make sense, but that's it, praise God. That's it right there. So the truth goes along with the truth that you're hearing, and it comes together, and that's what gives you revelation then in your brain area so that you can walk into things of God. So when truth are coming in, and how many of you know some truth? I mean, if you know Jesus loves you, you're on your way. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know good news for somebody who needs good news. Are you depressed? Well, God doesn't want you depressed anymore. He loves you very much. He has a plan and purpose for you off of them in Jesus' name. Oh, oh, I feel different. I don't know what's the matter with me. What did you do to me? Did you, 
hex me? Did you? No, no. No, I just delivered you from your own stupidity, see? Then you bring him into the kingdom of God. See, it's not, it's not a big show. It's not getting in front of a thousand people. It's not doing all those things, praise God. It's simply one on one on one on one. It's the only way. Now, in some of those nations I was talking about earlier, how many know it's going to take some internet and some other things to get the gospel into those things? And even over there, even if you have the truth over there, it's hard to preach because there's a good chance you may lose your head before it's over with. So it's got to get in there, but God knows what he's doing. He knows how to get in there. He, he, he knows what he's doing, and we just got to do our part. Say our part. How I many know everybody wants to be a missionary, but there's a mission field right here. Amen. You don't have to go very far. Fort Pierce, there's a mission field. Port St. Lucie, there's a mission field, and that's what we're called to, and that's why we're here right now. All right, go to Romans chapter 8. All right, Romans chapter 8, look at verse 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So here it's talking about our relationship. Once again, what do we become? We become actually part of the family of God. You are a son and a daughter in the kingdom of God. God is truly your father. Jesus is truly your brother. And the spirit of God now lives on the inside of each and every one of us. This is the same thing that Adam and Eve had way back in the garden. This is what they had. They never had a religious relationship until they sinned. So you've got to come out of a religious relationship with him and have just a love relationship with him. And that's based on what Jesus has already done. So the more you find out what Jesus has done, the closer you can get to God because the more you start thinking like him. Ever try to hang around with somebody that don't think like you think? Yes. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> it's a beautiful day. No, it's not. It's a terrible day today. Oh, okay. All right. My fault, you know. We're going to have a good time today. I don't like this place. I don't even know why we're going here. Gosh, could we get together for a long time because we're really going to have a lot of fun. No. And sometimes that's the way we, God says, you're my child. I'm just a slave. You have all the power. I wish I had some power, but I'm just a love slave of God, basically. See, on that, you can't have a relationship on that. Your thought life has to be together. Our, our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. That's why he gave us the word so we could change our ways and change the way we're thinking so we can have a relationship with him. And you notice back in the garden, and all these things are good, but notice Adam and Eve never had a worship service, never had a church service. Never had a shout and praise and dance service. They just walked day by day by day with God himself in the cool of the day. So all these things are good because how many know some of, some of us need drawn in? Some of us need pushed in. can be pushed in, pulled in, dragged in, whatever you want to be in. But praise and worship does it. Why? It reminds you of all the good things. Like today we're practicing taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, somebody came in here and said, it's been a terrible week. That God just isn't doing anything for me. Oh, taste, and the Lord is good. Oh, I guess he, praise God, he is. I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> See, it reminds you. How many know we need to be reminded? And I'll tell you, there's somebody out there who don't want you reminded of who you are and what you can do. And that's why he comes to your mind all the time, trying to bring doubt and unbelief to you. But you've got somebody bigger than him on the inside of you called the Holy Ghost. And I'll tell you what, he's a good teacher, and he brings to remembrance everything that God has already placed on the inside of you. And he'll start raising you back up into that place when you've got that feeling of, I'm no good, and it ain't working, and I'm down. All once the Holy Ghost, wait a minute, wait a minute. And he'll start bringing scriptures, and they'll just come like, a, out of your belly they shall flow like, it's like a river comes out of you. And this scripture, with that scripture, and that scripture, that's how you get teachings, basically. You find one scripture, and the Holy Ghost just takes off and gives you a bunch of other scriptures to go with it. So basically, on the inside, we are sons and daughters of the living God. That's who we are. We, we have a purpose and plan to do here, and the best thing about it is he has given us everything that we need to do our purpose and do our plan. We don't have to do it, praise God. He gives us all. He gave us this building. What for? To teach the kingdom of God, praise God. Why? We needed a building. He knew what we needed to do. He knows what you need to do. He knows what place you need to work. You know, that place that you're mad at every day and don't want to go back to, don't want to go back to even though it's not Monday, it's a regular day of the week. But you don't want to go back. But that's where you belong right now. Do you see that? There's a mission field there. There, You don't want to go with a bunch of fired up Christians. Well, you can, but you still got to go out and do something. But that's why God puts us in place. Once again, you're a secret undercover agent in your job that nobody knows, but they gradually will know because you talk different. 
You act different. You are different. You're not worrying when everybody else is freaking out. You're not all upset when things are going wrong. No, you're just walking in a peace and love because you know you're a part of a kingdom and your father takes care of everything because he knows what you need and he will make sure you do everything. And number two, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and I know his righteousness. Therefore, all these things, a building will come, your desk will come, your pens will come, your paper will come, your tennis shoes will come if you're going to run after people. Anything that you need. Praise God, he will bring to each and every one of us because he wants us. You know, when I worked at the post office, they even gave me a uniform. I didn't have to buy it, but they gave me what I needed. They gave me a uniform, they gave me a truck, they gave me a thing. But yet we're so, I never went to the post office and said, I hope they give me a truck today. Oh, I hope they give me a belt to go with my uniform. I want one so bad. No, I just went there. Come on now. Expecting them to provide what I needed to do what I was called to do. Yet God, we think we got a begging for it. No, he wants to give us everything in our lives that we need to do the purpose and plan that we're here for. And how many know he's got a lot of stuff to give us? Praise God. So we want to get out of the feeling realm. How many know power is not a feeling? Power is a fact in people's life. That's what it is, praise God. Authority is a, a right, a legal right that God has given to each and every one of us. Okay, go to John 20. Okay, John 20, are you there? All right, let's start in verse 21. It says, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so I do what? All right, now who's talking there? Jesus. So as the Father sent me, so I send you. In other words, what the Father sent me to do, I am sending you to do. And we think, well, just be real nice. Just be good. No. Jesus walked around casting out devils. He walked around healing the sick. He walked about rebuking religion. He walked about speaking the truth, whether they liked it or not, whether they stayed or went. Remember the one time he said, eat me? And ha about all his people left? And he went to his disciples and said, aren't you gone? And they said, well, no place else to go. I guess we'll stay here. In other words, they were thinking about it. <laughs> See? They didn't say, no, we're with you all the time. They said, well, we don't have any other place to go, so we're just going to stay with you then. Why is that? Because he was giving them facts, basically, that were above the way that they think, do you see? And we've got to get above the way we think also because we've got to think that we're going to do exactly what Jesus did because he sent us with the same power, the same anointing, everything, and the same. He, he came to start the kingdom of God flow, then he left it to us. So we're supposed to be doing basically what he did here in this earth realm and picking up the same things that he did. The Bible says he came to destroy the works of the... But how many know he's not here anymore? He's at the right hand of the... Uh, ever making intercession for us. And then he says, you pick up the slack. Now you go around destroying the works of the, of the devil. So it's more than just you know, teaching about what you should do right, what you should do wrong. All that stuff will go by the wayside when you start understanding who you are and what you can do in the kingdom of God. All that stuff, you won't have to bother with sin that much anymore because you ain't got time to sin. You're always doing something for God. You're always, no matter what happens. You know, I talked about my car a couple of weeks ago. Basically, I went through the car wash in the front end. Somehow got caught and got peeled up and everything else. And I'm thinking, how could that happen to me? They've they got seven car washes. They've had a million cars go through there. And only my car is the one that got peeled up on the front. And a brand new car. And it's got to be fixed and everything else. And I've sat down for a little bit. And God says, well, maybe I want you to get to Toyota while they're fixing it. And there's somebody there who... Well, I didn't think of that. There may be somebody in the car washer you're dealing with right now who's going to pay for it with it that I need you to get to. Well, I didn't really think about that either. Why? Because I was too mad about what happened in the car. <laughs> See, so come on now. Sometimes we look at things as this terrible thing. How could it happen to me? And God the whole time saying, I've been trying to get you in there for a long time, and I'd have bend your dang front to get you in there and do it, praise God. <laughs> Who knows? So I got to talk to ladies this morning, and they said, where are you? And I said, I'm not going to drive your car that you're giving me very far because I pastor a church right down here. Oh, you do treasure. Go to your victory center. Yeah. And what do you do? You have services. Yeah, we have services. What do you teach? Teach the kingdom of God. Oh, are you kingdom Jehovah? No, I said, yeah, kingdom Jehovah, but we're not kingdom Jehovah, bless God. <laughs> we're sort of like that, but we're not quite like that, I said. Yeah, and I said, I got a book, and when I come back, drop the car off. I'll be glad to give it to you. Oh, I'd like to read that. So... Is that what I was there for? I don't know. But there ain't nothing I could do about it. You know, they peeled the thing up and appealed the thing. I could have stood over it all day and went, straighten out in Jesus' name. No, not yet. Uh, 
See, that's what I was taught in faith. I was supposed to rebuke that bent thing, and I was supposed to go back down, and maybe for some people, they need that. But we've got to be looking all the time, in good or bad, that there's an opportunity there to do something, and God knows what he's doing, right? He knows what he's doing, praise God, and then we'd be used in that situation instead of grumbling or getting angry about it, praise God. So don't do what I do. Do what you're supposed to do, <laughs> praise God. It'll be good for you, praise God. All right, look at verse 21 again. Then said Jesus unto them, Peace be unto you, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye who? The Holy Ghost. Now, this is the disciples. Finally, they're going to get the Holy Ghost on the inside of them because up until this time, how many of you know nobody could have the Holy Ghost on the inside of them because everybody was unrighteous at that time and it has sin nature on the inside. Only after Jesus went to the cross and provided on the cross their salvation and righteousness and the new creation, could the Holy Ghost come and dwell on the inside of them. Now, in the Old Testament, how many of you know he, he ministered upon people who were in the Old Testament. He'd come upon people who were in agreement with God and have them do something for a while, and then he would leave. But how many of you know we have the Holy Ghost in us all the time, and that was because we became righteous. So here's the disciples. Basically, Jesus is getting ready to go back to heaven. He breathes on them and says, Receive the Holy Ghost. Not only didn't they have the command to do these things, but they also had the power to do those things. So this was a return of the ability of God back to human beings to live on the inside of us so we can do what he did and even greater works than he did, praise God, when he goes to the Father. How many know he already went? He'd already went. And everything that he promises you in the kingdom of God belongs to you. You just have to receive it. Many people are trying their best to receive the Holy Ghost. Well, receive the Holy Ghost, for God's sakes. God's not holding him back on you or anything else. He, he wants to give it. It's his pleasure to give you the entire kingdom. Notice, his pleasure. Say pleasure. pleasure. Now, pleasure sounds a lot like please, don't it? Yeah. yeah. He's pleased to give you the entire kingdom, but are you pleased to receive See what he gave you and receive freely. Say freely. Because we're all taught this works mentality. We've got to earn something. We've got to do something to get it. But as long as you're in that mentality, you're not going to be able to receive from God because he provided every single thing that we need in this day and hour. So he said, receive the Holy Ghost. So that tells me something. The day that I received Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, he breathed on me. He said, receive the Holy Ghost. And on the inside of me that day, the Spirit of God came to live on the inside of me, praise God. Isn't that cool? Praise God. No wonder why the grass was green and the sky was blue. I had God living on the inside of me. No wonder why I started cooking supper and didn't get drunk anymore and became a nice guy, praise God. I had God on the inside of me, see? But there's a lot of people who doesn't even know in the church that God lives on the inside of them. They think God's with them now and then, and they'll pray, God be with me, God be with me. Well, how can he get any more with you? He's already with you. So God makes it easy. He says, all you've got to do is draw near to me. And now how do we draw near to him? Beep. Right up here. See, oh, God's so far away. Oh, is he? Is he? You feel his presence? Well, no, he's so far away. Well, why don't you draw near to him? And then he will draw. See, it's our step. Everything's done. It's our step. Receive, you've got to receive salvation. It's already done. But we want to put the responsibility on God and then blame him. If it don't get done, well, it just wasn't his will. You know, he just wasn't in a good mood that day. He just didn't want that to happen that day. When every, all the responsibility is actually on the body of Christ. It's on me. It's on me to preach the word. It's on me to study the word. It's on me to receive revelation from him. It's on me to teach the word. It's on me to lay hands on the sick. It's on me to cast out devils. It's on me to speak in tongues. But see, we want God to heal and God to cast out devils, but we'll do the tongue part. See, do you speak in tongues? Do you heal the sick? I should say not. You cast out devils? Are you crazy? <laughs> Have you been watching the Halloween movies on TV? There's no way I'm going to do that kind of stuff. See, we, we've cut it off, haven't we? And the thing is, we can go as far with God as we want to go with God, but it's our choice of how far we go with God. That's why denominations, there, there's nothing wrong with them. You're going to learn something there, but you're going to go as far as their denomination believes. And then you're, that's it. You're going to be there. If they don't believe in tongues, then you ain't, they ain't going to tongues. If they don't believe in healing ended with the apostles, then you just better get ready to live sick the rest of your life and not put up a fight for it. See, and each one has their own parts. They have a part of the kingdom of God. But the word of God has all the kingdom of God. So as we believe the whole word, not just portions of it or things that we made up or things that came through man, anything that comes through man is going to fail. 
Every government's going to fail sooner or later. Why? It came through man. Any ministry that's started by a man is going to fail sooner or later. Something's going to happen. If God didn't start it, it's not going to work. I talked about the shaking early. The only thing that can be shaken is what can be shaken. Did you get that? Is that too deep? Yeah, if you can't be shaken, you don't care about the shaking because when the shaking comes, you ain't going to get shaken anyway because you can't be shaken. But if you can be shaken, then you better be ready because you're going to be shaken before it's over. And what's going to shake it? The Bible says truth out of the mouth of his believers are going to shake this place up. Praise God. You're part of the shaking that's coming into this earth realm right now. Go in your workplace tomorrow, speak a little truth, and see if you don't shake. You'll find out who's got devil problems and who don't in a hurry. In a hurry, you will find out. Just look at their faces and say, Jesus is Lord. Come on now, and you're going to find out who needs shook. And somebody say, well, they'll get mad at me. Good. Maybe they should get mad at you, praise God. Maybe that'll help them if they get mad at you. Maybe something. They're just going along with the status quo for all this time. Somebody's got to shake them up, for goodness sakes. So it might as well be you, praise God. Hallelujah. And now I'm offended. Everybody got mad at me at work. Nobody likes me anymore. They didn't like you before. <laughs> Jesus, that was a figment of your imagination. You thought everybody loved you until you said that. They didn't like you anyway. As soon as they got behind your back, they were talking about what a fruitcake you were and a peculiar person. So you might as well, you, you might as well become peculiar. Yeah. Praise God. We get this in our minds that everybody likes us when they don't talk bad, but they're talking. It's just behind us all, praise God. You might as well have them do it to your faith. At least you know where they stand, praise God, and find out what's going on. Hallelujah. So he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. Say, receive, receive. the Holy Ghost. Oh. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the... So we want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, don't we? We speak in tongues every day. We stay in the Word every day. We walk in our righteousness every day. And we stay full of the Holy Ghost. And we just listen and follow His leadings each and every day, every step that we go, every direction we go. What are we doing? We're fulfilling our purpose of extending the kingdom of God in our little area. And there'll be sometimes maybe where you'll be able to do it to three or four people at a time. Sometimes just one. Maybe God will promote you to a place where you're doing it to thousands of people before it's over with, you know. But you just got to be faithful with little and you'll... You'll be ruler of much. That's the key. Where you're at right now, do what you're supposed to do. Love God. Love the people. Go forth. Operate in the power of God. And there'll be promotion from you. It won't come from the east or the west or any man. It will become from God himself. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Hallelujah. I thank you for your spirit of God, for your power, for your anointing. I thank you that I'm your favorite son. Praise God. I give you all the praise and glory for that. And I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts and the minds of the people at TCVC, Father. I thank you. We are going to make a swath of people into the kingdom of God in this area. And we thank you for it and give you praise for it. And we just love you tonight and forever. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. We will see you Sunday, Sunday. Go to my